So have you ever done something and then realized that the volume wasn't on? (laughs) Hi, welcome to the Eyes of Wonder podcast, part three. Today's been a day. Um, This is actually a part three. This is my third time trying to record this. Um, The first time I was out with my family, my family's house, and that just... We really wanted to spend time with family, so it wasn't really conducive to be able to doing that. That's why this one isn't coming out at 6 o'clock. It's a little bit late. But um, the second one, me and my husband did this really cute little one where we told God's story about how we met and all this stuff, and my volume on my mic was down, so I didn't record any of it. So you'll hear that story on another day. Um, because he wants to watch the Braves, which is totally fine with me. Um, because I appreciate him a lot and he's a great man and I know he'll do it with me next week. So I'm instead going to read you a story kind of like I did last week. Cause I really enjoyed doing that. That was a lot of fun for me. I don't know if it was fun for you to listen, but I really like going through, um, these kind of like staple stories that are in the Bible. Um, the Bible is a, it's a, it's one giant story about how God loves people and how he redeems us and he shows great love. Um, but there's a lot of little stories all throughout. And so today's story is one of my favorites. Um, it is Jonah. So last week we talked about David and Goliath. Tonight I would really like to talk about Jonah. And it's kind of like we're hitting on all these like nursery stories um, that you kind of tell your kids when they're little, the Sunday school kind of stories. I'm going to read them straight from scripture and then just like add a chunk here, add a chunk there of things that I just know um, from school or from studying. Like I said, this podcast is very, very raw. And it's just supposed to share stories. Um, That's the goal here, that we're sharing God's story. Um, So if you have an awesome story about how God has blessed you, how God has gotten you through things, a great testimony on how God has shown his love to you, I'd really love to hear it. Um, You can email me. You can um, Facebook message me, Instagram me. Um, I have all of those. I would love to hear from you. Um, So anyways, we're going to start in Jonah chapter one. And of course, I am from North Carolina. So I have sometimes a southern accent and sometimes it is hard to say Hebrew names because I didn't actually learn how to speak Hebrew. So I'm just going to do the best I can with what I have. So Jonah one. Says the Lord gave this message to Jonah, son of Amidite. Amidite. Get up and go to the great city of Nineveh. Announce my judgment against it because I have seen how wicked its people are. So here's a little backstory. Backstory. Nineveh, like, was the town, it was in Assyria, where a lot of people from Nineveh came to um, destroy Jonah's town. Um, They are pretty much Jonah's enemy at this point. Um, He does not like the people of Nineveh. But Jonah got up and went in the opposite direction to get away from the Lord. 
<laughs> Fun fact, you can't run away from the Lord. He's everywhere. He went down to the port of Joppa, where he found a ship leaving for Tarshish, which is in Europe. He bought a ticket and went on a board, on board, hoping to escape from the Lord by sailing to Tarshish. But the Lord hurled a powerful wind over the sea, causing a violent storm that threatened to break the ship apart. Fearing for their lives, the desperate sailors started shouting to their gods for help and threw the cargo overboard to lighten the ship. But all this time, Jonah was sound asleep down in the hold. Isn't it ironic that it seems like every time someone's on a boat in the Bible, they're asleep during a storm? Like, I wouldn't be able to sleep. I don't, I couldn't. If there's a storm, I'm wide awake. I'm like, oh my gosh, we're all going to die. Um, but Jonah here is just, he's sound asleep. Um, Jesus, not saying Jonah's Jesus, but there is a correlation where Jesus is in a boat with his disciples and he's sound asleep too. There's a giant storm. They have to go wake Jesus up. So the cat, but back to verse six. So the captain went down after him. How can you sleep at a time like this? He shouted. Get up and pray to your God. Maybe he'll pay attention to us and spare our lives. Then the crew cast lots to see which of them had offended the gods and caused a terrible storm. When they did this, the lots identified Jonah as the culprit. Why has this awful storm come down on us? They demanded, who are you? What is your line of work? What country are you from? What is your nationality? Jonah answered, I'm a Hebrew. I worship the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the land. The sailors were terrified when they heard this, for they, for he had already told them he was running away from the Lord. Oh, why did you do it? They groaned. And I, I don't know. It, this is supposed to be a really serious moment. But you know, like some serious moments when you reread them, you're like, this is kind of funny. Um, it's like stupid. Like, why would you ask that at a time like this? Like, why did you do it? They groaned. And since the storm was getting worse all the time, they asked him, what should we do to you to stop the storm? Throw me into the sea, Jonah said. And it will become calm again. I know that this is terrible storm is all my fault. So basically, Jonah's like, just kill me. Kill me now. <laughs> Throw me in the ocean. Because Jonah knew that, like, the storm would stop if they threw him in. Instead, the sailors rowed even harder to get the ship to the land. But the stormy sea was too violent for them, and they couldn't make it. Then they cried out to the Lord Jonah's God. Oh, Lord, they replied, do not make us die for this man's sin. And don't hold us responsible for his death. Oh, Lord, you have sent the storm upon him for your own good reasons. That's interesting. For your own good reasons. Not just for your own reasons, but for your own good reasons. Just point that out there. Then the sailors picked Jonah up and threw him into the raging sea, and the storm stopped at once. Could you imagine being that sailor like, sorry dude, we're throwing you overboard, and just whoosh, everything was quiet. That'd be pretty awesome. Not awesome that like you just killed somebody, but awesome, like, just awe. In the power. That would be wonder, right? Um, the sailors were awestruck by the Lord's great power. And they offered him a sacrifice and vowed to serve them. So, look at it this way. 
So God doesn't waste anything. He doesn't waste our experiences. He doesn't waste our disobedience. Jonah was disobedient to the Lord. Jonah decided to go the opposite way to not listen to God. But in doing so, this whole ship of people who are traveling now are serving the Lord and they vowed to serve him. Whether they continue to do so or not, that's unclear because we all know humans. But to to be like one of those sailors on that ship, like that story is going to carry. Like, guys, I know who the true God is. There was this guy on my ship once. His name was Jonah. And he decided to run away from the Lord. And the storm was terrible. And as soon as he said, you know, if you throw me in the ocean, God will stop the storm. He's mad at me. And so, well, not mad, but he's trying to get at me. And so, um, they threw him overboard. And everybody goes, what? You threw the guy overboard? Be like, no, no, it was okay. The storm stopped. And we could see the power of this God. He is the one true God. Could you imagine? That'd be crazy. So now the Lord had arranged... So arranged means that he knew what was happening. This wasn't all by chance. God orchestrated this. So the Lord arranged for a great fish to swallow Jonah. So we have free will. We can choose what we want to do in life. We have a choice. But God knows what our choice is going to be. Because he's all-knowing. And Jonah had, and Jonah was inside the fish for three days and three nights. And here's Jonah's prayer while he's in the fish. Because I find this very interesting. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from inside the fish. Literally, he is inside a fish. He said, I cried out to the Lord in my great trouble, and he answered me. I called you to called to you from the land of the dead, and Lord, you heard me. You threw me into the ocean depths, and I sank down to the heart of the sea. The mighty waters engulfed me. I was buried beneath your wild and stormy waves. Then I said, O oh Lord, you have driven me from your presence, yet I will look once more towards your holy temple. I sank beneath the waves, and the water closed around me. Seaweed wrapped itself around my head, and I sank down to the very roots of the mountains. I was imprisoned in the earth, whose gates locked shut forever. But you, O Lord my God, snatched me from the jaws of death. So could you imagine being Jonah right now? Like, you were thrown into the ocean. You you thought you were going to die. And all of a sudden, this giant fish comes and saves you. Like, he knows this fish is from the Lord. And he knows that this is because of his disobedience and everything. Like, he knows what's going on. He's not thinking, oh, look, a giant fish just swallowed me. What a coincidence. No. He's like, oh, my gosh, the Lord saved me. Hallelujah. I'm inside a fish. Could you imagine being grateful? Like, I know Jonah's not always seen as being a grateful person. Um, because in chapter four, he kind of throws a fit. Um, but like the dude's inside of a fish and he's praising the Lord that he's not dead. 
that's that's faith for sure. As my life was slipping away, I remembered the Lord, and my earnest prayer went out to you in your holy temple. Those who worship false gods turn their backs on all God's mercies, but I will offer sacrifices to you with song and praise. I will fulfill all my vows. Ooh, look, a change of heart. You just had to go into the ocean first. <laughs> For my salvation comes from the Lord alone. Then the Lord ordered the fish to spit Jonah out onto the beach. See, sometimes in life, we have to go through a storm or be swallowed by a fish to really realize that God's in control and that we need to understand that sometimes we have to have a change of heart. Jonah didn't want to go to Nineveh. He was very against it. But he was thrown in the ocean and thought he was going to die. Then this giant fish came out of nowhere, swallowed him, and he's like, oh my gosh, I'm still alive. Thank you, Jesus. I mean, he didn't know Jesus at that time, but thank you, God. Thank you, Yahweh, because that's the Hebrew name for God. Um, and so I just find it so interesting that he had a change of heart inside of fish. So if you're going through something right now that's hard or you feel like the Lord is telling you to do something and you're just like, no, I don't want to do this. I don't. Maybe God is asking you to step out of your comfort zone and lead a small group at your church or volunteer in your children's ministry or something like that. If the Lord is calling you to do something, it's okay to be scared. It's okay to be nervous. It's okay to have doubts. But it's not okay to disobey. And you don't want to be swallowed by a fish so you can have a change of heart. Um, because in verse 10 on, in chapter two, it says, and the Lord ordered the fish to spit Jonah out onto the beach. Now, mind you, we're going to take a pause right there. Um, fish stink, right? They don't smell good. I mean, usually when they're roasted, they have a bunch of seasonings on them that make them smell good. But typically fish are smelly creatures. And so, could you imagine what Jonah smells like? He spent three days in a fish. Not to mention, like, you know when you're in the bathtub for a while, your fingers get all pruney? Like, it wasn't dry in the fish. So, he's probably all pruney and looking pretty crazy. Smells terrible. All of a sudden, he's just on the beach. Then the Lord spoke to Jonah a second time. Get up. Go to the great city of Nineveh and deliver the message I have given you. This time, Jonah obeyed the Lord's commandment and went to Nineveh, a city so large that it took three days to see it at all. On the day Jonah entered the city, he shouted to the crowds, Forty days from now, Nineveh will be destroyed. The people of Nineveh believed God's message. I wonder why. He's pruny and he smells like fish. And he was thrown up on the beach. You know there was people on the beach. It wasn't like an empty beach. They probably were fishermen somewhere. The people of Nineveh believed God's message. 
and for the greatest and from the greatest to the least, they declared a fast and put burlap to show their sorrow. So this whole city, everybody in the city, from the greatest to the least, from the king to the, the beggar, they all were in sorrow. They didn't know what they were doing was wrong because they didn't have God's commandments. I mean, they probably had an inkling in their heart, but if you've never been taught right from wrong, how do you know right from wrong? Like, if you didn't teach your kids that people matter and that lives matter, they're not going to blink twice before they hurt somebody. Like, it's our jobs to tell kids what's right from wrong. We have to teach that. That's not something that's inherently something that they know. And it cracks me up when people are like, well, they should know right from wrong. Well, have you taught them? It's It's not something that's just automatic. I mean, you don't have to teach a kid how to lie. They just know how to lie. It's having the sinful heart. You have to teach your kid how to be kind because they're not inherently kind. Not all the time. You don't have to teach them how to be mean. You don't have to teach them how to be ugly. You have to teach them how to be kind, how to be truthful, how to be honest, and how to respect people. So if you've never taught people how to do that, then they will never know. There's a good Christianese phrase, That the lost are going to act like they're lost because they're lost. Meaning, you can't judge a person on Christian beliefs if they're not a Christian. You can't do that. First of all, you shouldn't be judging anybody. Because that's not your job. That's the Holy Spirit's job to convict people. Not yours. But my point is that it's important that we teach people this. And the people of Nineveh didn't know. So when the king of Nineveh heard what Jonah was saying, he stepped down from his throne, took off his royal robes, dressed himself in burlap, and sat on a heap of ashes. Also, their city is going to be destroyed. I'm pretty sure they'd probably be a little scared, too. They're like, no, don't destroy our city. Don't destroy our home. We believe you. We believe you. You were spit out on a fish. He dressed himself in burlap and sat on a heap of ashes. Then the king and his nobles sent this decree throughout the whole city. No one, not even the animals from your herd or flock, may eat or drink anything at all. People and animal alike must wear garments of mourning, and everyone must pray earnestly to God. They must turn from their evil ways and stop all their violence. They had to be taught how to be good. Who can tell? Perhaps even yet, God will change his mind and hold back his fierce anger from destroying us. When God saw what they had done and how they had put a stop to their evil ways, he changed his mind and he did not carry out the destruction he had threatened. Enter Jonah's sassy pants. This change of plans greatly upset Jonah and he became very angry. Okay, Jonah, why are you angry, bro? Like, these people learned how to be good people. Like, you mad? Why? They're worshiping God. They 
They love the Lord. Like, why are you mad? But Jonah was mad because these people were his enemy. He didn't like them. He only went and told them because he had a change of heart. And he's kind of holding in his heart, like, man, these people aren't going to change. How many times do we know people that are like, man, these people are set in their ways. Ain't no way they're going to change. Ain't no way. But yet, in Jonah, they changed. And now Jonah's mad that they changed because Jonah wanted God to destroy them. So he complained to the Lord about it, which, by the way... I love that he just complained to the Lord. Because did you know you can complain to the Lord? It might not always work out in your favor, but God wants that kind of relationship with you where you're giving him all your crap. Just like to have that kind of friendship, that have that kind of relationship where you're like, Lord, this sucks. I'm in a point in life that sucks. I hate this. Can we, like, fix this? Can we move on? Like, what lesson am I supposed to be learning right now? Let me learn it and let's move on. Um, I don't like this. Um, when I was really little, well, not little, but after my dad had passed away when I was 16, I remember vividly in my bed one night looking at the moon saying out loud, I hate you to God. Guess what? God can handle that. God can handle your emotions I didn't turn my back on God because that's not what I wanted. I was mad at him for sure. But guess what? Just like I tell my preschoolers, you can be mad. You can be upset. You can be angry. But you can't throw a fit. What's that mean? You can have your emotions. But your actions still have to follow the rules. So I can be mad. But I'm not going to give up on God because he didn't give up on me. I can be mad at Scott, but that doesn't mean I'm going to deck him. Scott's my husband and I would never deck him. Um, He's a lot taller than me. (laughs) But, and also violence is not good. But I don't, like, we teach kids not to hit when they're mad. It's the same thing. God can handle your emotions. Talk to him. He wants to listen. So Jonah complained to the Lord about it. Didn't I say before I left home that you would do this, Lord, that it was why I ran to Tarshish? Um, actually, did he? Uh, yeah, no, dude, you didn't say that to God, God said, get up and go to the great city of Nineveh and announce your judgment to the people. And you just went up and ran away. Like, you didn't argue with him. So, mm, what? (laughs) Well, according to scripture. Didn't I say before I left home that you would do this, Lord? That is why I ran to Tarshish. Now, do you not just see, like, someone, like, I just see, like, a a 16-year-old saying, this is why I didn't do it. Because I knew you were going to do it. Like, I just feel like Jonah sassy pants right here. (laughs) That is why I ran to Tarshish. I knew that you are a merciful and compassionate God, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. You are eager to turn back from, you are eager to turn back from destroying people. Just kill me now, Lord. I'd rather be dead than alive if what I predicted will not happen. Jonah's like, 
not thank you God for sparing all these people. Like you're amazing. You're awesome. No, he's like, if they don't die, kill me now. Like, calm down, Jonah. This is like the epitome of a tantrum. I love how the Lord says this. The Lord replied, is it right for you to be angry about this? Like, why are you mad, bro? <laughs> they did what you told them to do. They returned, they turned away from their evil ways. That should make you happy. Because they were your enemy. They were doing evil things to you, dude. They were doing the evil to you in your town. And they turned from their evil ways. So they're going to stop doing it to your town. They're going to start stop pillaging it and doing things that they did back then. But Jonah's like, no. If you're not going to kill them, kill me. If you're wondering what the answer to this question is, is it right for you to be angry about this? The answer is no. Then Jonah went out to the east side of the city and made a shelter to sit under as he watched to see what would happen to the city. So Jonah's just sitting there like, mm, let's see, Lord, are you going to kill them? Or are you going to kill me? What's going to be? And the Lord, the Lord God arranged for a leafy plant to grow there, and soon it spread broad leaves over Jonah's head, shading him from the sun. This eased his discomfort, and Jonah was very grateful for the plant. But God also arranged for a worm. See, I love when it says God arranged. Like, this was planned. The next morning at dawn, the worm ate through the stem of the plant, so it withered away. As the sun grew hot, God arranged for a scorching east wind to blow on Jonah. The sun beat down on his head until he grew faint and wished to die. Death is certainly better than living like this, he exclaimed. <laughs> Sassy pants, Jonah. Then God said to Jonah, is it right for you to be angry because the plant died? Jonah goes, yes, even angry enough to die. Then the Lord said, you feel sorry about the plant, though you did nothing to put it there. It came quickly and died quickly. But Nineveh has more than 120,000 people living in spiritual darkness, not to mention all the animals. Shouldn't I feel sorry for such a great city? I just, I love that analogy and that correlation right there. Like, you did nothing to plant this city. Or plant this vine, this plant. You did nothing to plant it. It was there. And it was destroyed. And you're mad about it. But yet, you didn't have a hand in creating these people. God created people. God knew all 1,002, or I'm sorry, 120,000 people that lived in Nineveh. He knew them. He knew how many hairs were on their head. They knew, he knew their names. He knew everything about these people. Guys, God doesn't just care about Christians. He cares about everyone. John 3.16 doesn't say, for God so loved the world that he sent his son so that way Christians 
could live forever or that Americans could live that believe in him could for live forever. No, it's whoever. Whoever. Doesn't matter who you are. John 3:16 says for God to love the world that he gave his son to die for our sins so whoever believes in him may live forever with him in heaven. Now this is the list paraphrase, but you get the point. God is the God of second chances. God shows compassion. And God hates selfishness. Jonah is selfish. He wanted these people to die because of all the things that have happened to his family and to his people. Which, I mean, we get. We understand. But there's a 120,000 people in Nineveh. That's a lot of people. Not to mention the animals, which I find ironic that they put in there. But all of these people were living in spiritual darkness. But now they're not because of you, Jonah. You told them about God. You told them about how God is amazing and awesome. And because you told them about God, they changed their lives. So they're not going to be bothering you anymore. They turned from their evil ways. But yet you're mad. So mad that you want to die. I really wish the story of Jonah ended differently. I wish he ended it with like a kumbaya. Yay, everyone's saved. But it doesn't. Because that's not how life is all the time. Life sometimes is hard. It doesn't always end the way we want it to end. That's real life. I just love that the Lord says, you feel sorry about the plant, though you did nothing to put it there. It came quickly and died quickly. But Nineveh has more than 120,000 people living in spiritual darkness, not to mention all the animals. Shouldn't I feel sorry for such a great city? And interesting enough, every time he, the Lord mentions Nineveh, he calls it a great city says, get up, in verse 2, get up and go to the great city of Nineveh. And then in chapter 3, get up and go to the great city of Nineveh. Shani feel sorry for a great city. God created these people. By free will and free choice, they were on the wrong path. Jonah put them back on the wrong path, even though he was on the wrong path. Through the fish, everything was corrected. So instead of Jonah rejoicing in the fact that God had saved 120,000 people, Jonah was mad. So today, I'm talking to you all you Christians right now. If you believe that Jesus is the Lord and you believe that God is who he is, Why do you get so mad when God blesses other people? Why do you get so mad when you thought something was to go your way and it didn't? Like, I've seen Christians get so upset. 
like right now there's the student loan forgiveness thing. And yeah, I mean, I can understand like worth the taxpayers dollars and stuff like that. Like I get it. I understand that. But I know that I know I'm a taxpayer. But I also work at a church. And working at a church, you don't make a whole lot. I mean, it's not like you're an engineer or some high up person at Bank of America. I probably will never make six figures. And I'm okay with that. Because I love what I do. But I also had to go and get a degree to be able to do it well. So, I don't understand all of the political part of it because I haven't studied it. But man, Christians need to show a little bit more grace. And like I said, it's okay to be mad at things. But you can't throw a fit. You'll end up getting swallowed by a fish. And you don't want that. You'll come out stinky, gross, smelly. Your skin will be all wrinkly. That's not pretty. <laughs> but man, I just, I wish people, I wish Christians could just not be hippies because hippies have a bad rap. But I wish we were more eager to show grace to one another and more eager to show love to people. Now, I know there's a lot of Christians out there who do show grace and who do show love, but they will also speak the truth. And that is fine. Like, we need, we we should never, never sacrifice the truth just so we don't hurt someone's feelings. Because that's not what Jesus is about. Jesus told the truth. You have a question? He answered it. Some of them didn't like the answer. There's the young rich, the young ruler God, Jesus told him to sell all of his possessions and come follow him. And he said, nope, I'm out. I can't do that. We don't even know the guy's name. He's always, always known as the rich young ruler. Could you imagine the impact he could have had? But I love the story of Jonah. Mr. Jonah's sassy pants. But he is one of those minor prophets in the Old Testament. That's such a good story. So, I hope you enjoyed it. I love reading Bible stories to people. This is fun for me. Because I get to be in the Word, but I also get to do something that I really like to do. And I like teaching Scripture. I like reading parts of the Bible and being like, hey, you know what? Let me tell you about this. Just let me tell you what I know. My brain is just a sponge. And I'm reading from the Bible that I've had since I was in high school. So it's been through a lot. There's like eight layers of duct tape on it. It's fabulous. But there's so many notes in it. And so a lot of those notes in Jonah about like where Tarshish is in Europe, that was a note in that Bible. So thank you for notes. It's okay to write in your Bibles in case you didn't know. Um, but I'm going to pray for us. And I hope you have a fantastic week. And I hope to hear from y'all. If you have a cool story or if you want to hear a Bible story, please reach out to me. Email, Facebook, 
Instagram. Got them all. It's just Liz Ellison. Um, my email is liz.bagley67 at gmail.com. So, I love you all. I'm going to pray us out. And you guys have a great week or day. I don't know. just depends. Hey, God, I'm just so thankful for your love and your mercy in our lives. I'm thankful for you to be able to teach us um, to have an open heart for us and to be gracious and compassionate. Lord, a lot of people look at you like you're a bully or you're somebody with a magnifying glass and we're the ants and you're trying to burn our antennas off. But that's not true. It's so not true. You are a loving God. You stick to your you stick to your guns. You stick to the truth. But you are so loving and so gracious and so compassionate to people. You truly care about us. And in the Bible, that's so clear. Lord, I just pray that you help us to have eyes of wonder, to be able to see that, to help us emulate that in our lives where we genuinely care about people, that we show compassion, that we give that grace. Lord, I pray for all the kiddos that are starting school tomorrow as school starts back in Cabarrus County. Lord, I'm just thankful for all that you do in our lives. In your name that we pray. And all God's people said, amen. I'll see you guys next week.